We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How you doing tonight? It's Ivy Nation Sports Talk. It is mailbag night. We're off. We're rolling. It's Vince D'Addario. It's Sean Styers. I'm just going to tell you right away, we've got a hard out tonight because <laughs> Vince has got birthday celebration plans for his his oldest That's right. Supposed to be running a track meet today, and it got canceled because of the weather. Not that he'd be able to run anyway. And Weather? So, what? It's like, well, be, wind chill. I mean, for a track oh, meet. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, we, you know, it, mm, so yeah. they canceled it a couple of days ago. So okay. I think they were sure. saying the sunshine yeah. again here. I don't know, <laughs> but I it can is sunshine. That. Yeah, it is yeah. sunshiny. But uh, these things go usually after the sun goes down and then gets a little nippy. You right. know, so there's see. going to be a, uh, a, a pre NCAA women's tournament press conference tomorrow morning. And Neil yes. Ivey is going to address the media in the morning. 11.05 is when it is slated to begin. And uh, from what I understand, we'll get some clarification on Olivia Miles at that point. So that's that's uh, going to shape the way I would fill out my bracket. Let's put it that way. That's <laughs> okay. all I'm going to say. I mean, depending on what <laughs> right. they say. If she's good right. to go, then I'm, you know, then that goes one way. If she's not good to go, that goes another. That's what I'm saying. That's, like that's gonna. That's sh- very true. That's very. That true. information is key. I mean, it just it just is. So it's fair. That's fair. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. All right. Bring your questions because it's mailbag night. Hit us up. It's time to yeah. go. We got a couple questions ready to go. We need clarification on Tommy Gunn's question. I have no yeah, idea what he's talking about. Um. Wow. Uh, I was supposed okay. to understand that. Are you yes. kidding? Wow. Okay. All right. All right. We'll get right. we'll get to that here in just a second. Hit the like <laughs> button in the meantime. Hit that smash that like button. Boost it, boost us up a little bit. That's right. Give us man. a little help bit of out. help here on Irish Breakdown. And of course, subscribe, rate, review, follow us on your podcast platform. Subscribe to the podcast on your podcast platform. Don't just like go there and download it. Subscribe to it so yes. you get automatic downloads. Oh, that helps out Irish Breakdown immensely. We appreciate get it. Get them all. That's right. Let's do you want to start with this Tommy Guns thing and let's or do, do you want to go with something less complicated. It was a very outside the box <laughs> way of asking basically what well, throw it up. Okay. All right, here here it is. Here it is. So 
Your prediction on the number of planes that will be able to land in South Bend once the new ND80S05-20 takes the field. And we're like, huh? (laughs) So so then he said, the explanation, where did it go? There it is. ND80S05-20 stands for Notre Dame Aerial Defense System 05, Cam Hart, slash 20. Benjamin Morrison. Now it makes a little bit more sense. And I think he put the over under at 25 and a half. Okay. Uh, it's like 28, five and a half receptions. Is that what we're basically saying? Like total for the whole year? I still don't know. <laughs> anybody that is guarding them. Look, I don't know where I would put the over under because I have no idea what that would look like. Okay. Here's what I will say. Notre Dame will have one of the top probably five top five corner combinations in the country. And if the safeties come to play, if things can work out in the safety, you know, with, with, with everything that's, that's transpired over the last few days, if the safeties can pan out, then Notre Dame's gonna have a really, really good secondary. And I, I'm I was very wondering excited. how you were going to go with that, you know, like, were you going to call it corner group secondary? Yeah. Exactly. I, corners. I think clarify a little bit. I think I think Notre Dame's got some of the best corners in the country, and they've got one of the best corner coaches in the country, and even the depth at corner. Because if you're thinking about uh, Morrison and Hart and Mickey and Lewis at the moment, and you know what that's going to look like, like that's that's some serious depth too. Yeah. So Notre Dame's going to be really good shape from a corner standpoint. Safety still a bit of a question mark. I think I think Xavier Watts is going to be really really good at safety, no doubt. What's that other safety position look like? Is it going to be Ramon Henderson in a combination? DJ Brown, you know uh, the the new kid that's coming in from Oklahoma State. I think he's going to be more of a nickel. Harper. Yep, yeah. Harper. I think he's going to be more of well, a but, nickel. But that, you know that in and, and that like you throw him into the mix. You know with at nickel with what you're talking about with the other two guys, Hart and Morrison. You know, as the you know the outside cornerbacks that just <laughs> that only strengthens that group i think i think it's going to be you're you're going to have to pick your poison you're going to have to figure out which way you're going to go you know because like right. i think we felt like because of how good you know cam hart started off slowly last year but got much better as the season went on and you had to throw the ball somewhere and right. morrison was the uh benefactor of all those balls continuing to come his way and reeled in all those interceptions so Hey, more power to him. Yeah, I th- I, you're exactly right. The front part of the secondary is going to be really good. It's it's a matter of how things shape up at safety with yeah questions you know that we were talking about earlier this week with with uh, Hillman and all that stuff. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit 
to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another Benjamin asks, did I hear Jesse's birthday is Sunday? Because if so, that is my birthday. It is, and happy birthday to you, Benjamin. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse's birthday is this Sunday. And how, how old is he going to be? Make me feel old here. How old is he, he going to be? Yeah, I wasn't going to say it. He is going to be 27 years oh old. Oh, my gosh. Are you serious? <laughs> yes. 27. Oh, my gosh. Seems I like he just he was... got done with high school. I met him when he was like eight. So yeah, that's, that's, that's true. Wow. He's 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 pushing 30. I don't know if I, I know how I feel about that. Jeez, yes. Pete. Well, let's go ahead with the uh, Brandon Hillman question. Why is he good enough academically to get a recent offer from Vanderbilt, BC, and Virginia, but won't get admitted to Notre Dame? Seems like admissions isn't working with the football program. Because BC, Vanderbilt, and Virginia aren't Notre Dame. I mean, I'm sorry, that's just a fact. And, you know, Notre Dame gave him the standard of what he needed to do. I mean, I, I don't I, I don't place blame either way. I mean, he knew what he had to get in whatever class it was. It didn't happen. Are they and, on trimesters? Do you know? Like, it's just weird that, that it happened oh, at this, this point. The school that he's at? Yeah. It's weird that it happened in this point in the calendar. You it know, does. Like that does seem it. weird. Yeah, I I don't know what his high school is. Uh, if I'm being honest, I'm not 100 yeah. percent sure. You know, I know. You know, most obviously the semesters usually get over either before Christmas or just after Christmas, and then there's a period of of time where you know grades become finalized and you know all of those different things. But right. that should have happened back in January, I would imagine. So you would have thought tri- trimesters saying, like would if make on sense. Trimesters, it would make sense. Yeah. Yes, trimesters would make sense, and yeah, you know, look the football program is working with admissions and vice versa i mean everything was out in the open i mean not to us but everything was out in the open the way i understood it and it just didn't it didn't work out and there's no hard feelings obviously it just is the what it is you have to set the standard someplace right and you can't keep moving the line like hey look you need to do this and this and this to get in it didn't happen so you didn't get in i mean that's just the way it is. Yeah. I mean, I agree with everything you said. They gave him, they told him what his grade needed to be grades. There were two classes. Apparently they told okay. him what they needed to be. He didn't get them from what I understand. There were two, this is second hand, but that's what it comes down to. He needed to get them and he didn't get them. So, you know, like you can talk about, well, you know, and we don't know what his entire transcript looked like and what classes they, you know, any right. of this, different kind of stuff, you know, but there, you're right. There are certain standards and you, you can't keep moving the bar, you know, as much as you might want to get in. Now, 
Did the bar move for other people maybe in the basketball program a little bit more than a year ago? Yeah. You know, so why why that was not an issue, but this is, and it's, you know, I I don't know. Well, can't answer those questions. You bring up the whole basketball situation. And <laughs> the thing there is those, the grades on paper were what they needed to be. That's fair. Even if they were changed before he That's, got there. I'll just say that the grades on paper were what they needed to be. Right. And I won't go any further than that. Well, I don't even work there anymore, so I don't care. But uh, <laughs> they, they, the grades were what they needed to be. And and you can think what you want to think in that regard. I'm I'm and they don't use standardized test scores anymore. Like that's not a thing anymore. And so that used to be the great equalizer. Like everybody takes the same test and you can figure out what everybody but they don't use those anymore. And so it's harder to have something that everybody does so that you have that great equalizer that just doesn't mm-hmm. exist anymore for most schools and especially during COVID. And that's the basketball situation from last time. Those were still COVID rules where standardized tests were thrown out the window and they, it didn't matter. And so while the standardized test was very, very, very poor, didn't matter. It just whatever the grade was on the sheet, here it is. Right. And, you know, that's that was that. And so obviously in this situation, the grade on the sheet wasn't what it needed to be. And that's kind of just the way that's where we're at. And it's not yeah. arrogant. It's, again, if Notre Dame wants to be a an academic institution and they want to have, you know, similar standards for regular students as they do for athletes, you've got to draw the line someplace. Somewhere the, the line has to be drawn. And this is where it was drawn. You can't keep moving the line. I'm sorry. That's not arrogant. That's just who they are. And if you uh, don't like it, don't. Well, he's saying, no, the Indy isn't those schools part. It's still Notre Dame's decision. Each school has their own, whether they're, whether they're private institutions, you know, elite schools, you know, whatever. Every, every school still has its own admissions requirement that is specific to academics. And, you know, it's, it's not a one size it's all it's right you know, and are we they, saying they're all going to elite? right and i mean just like, because you know and I, I agree like vanderbilt vanderbilt yes is an elite academic school but from a football standpoint especially they also compete in the sec so if right. maybe they're a little bit looser that's the you know that's what they've got to look you know there's still going to be a lot higher standards there than anywhere else in the sec but if they have to loosen it in comparison to other private schools because they've got to compete in the SEC, I can completely understand that. You know, the question is still what Notre Dame's standard is and the standard that they gave him, he didn't meet. And that's why he's not coming here. So regardless right. of who he's getting effort, you know, offers from anywhere else, they gave him the standard. He wasn't able to meet it and they've got to that's move on now. That's where we're at. And it, yeah. it is what it is. Like I said, everything was above board between the football program and the admissions. It just was. So, you know, that's just where we're at. That's just where we're at. Yep. Interesting question from Kish S from Kish squared. He says he's a Penn high school grad. I've always wondered why they aren't a better feeder school for Notre Dame. Curious to get Vince's thoughts on this. Well, they are a feeder school to Notre Dame. I mean, it's hard to say feeder, right? I mean, there's only so many spots that are going to get into Notre Dame, right? There's, there's what, 8,000 undergrads, so 2,000 spots, let's say, on average. 
going to the freshman class, and that's for the entire country. And so there are kids that go to Notre Dame every year from Penn, every single year. There's multiple going there this year that I'm aware of. I don't have that list in front of me, but there's plenty of kids that go from Penn. I think he's talking. I think he's talking more specific to football. If we're talking about athletics, Penn's football program is not on the level of what the other football programs are that are going to Notre Dame. I mean, I just that's just is what it is. Especially the last few years, it's actually come down a little bit. So I mean, if we're talking about football specifically, there's nobody on Notre Dame's football team that I. I mean, I'm sorry, Penn's football team that I think belong in Notre Dame. I mean, I, I love those kids. I think they're great kids. But if we're just talking straight from a football standpoint, there's not a whole lot of kids that stack up that should get a Notre Dame offer. Right. I mean, it, yeah. I mean, you you still, just because you are a really good, traditionally anyway, again, Penn's been down a little bit more the last few years, but just because you are a traditionally good high school football program, does not mean you are cranking out a bunch of Division One, you know, and like high end Division One guys. There's there's still a big difference, that, you know. Like now we know Braxton Cave came from there. Sure, Mike you know, Rosenthal there, came right. from there. There have been a handful know. of guys over the years. You know, it's just kind of like what we were talking. You, you still have to, you still have to meet the requirements, right? You know. Well, and it's not. And look. Like it, you would think offensive line might be the play, you know, just they've because been small recently, they just yeah, haven't been, exactly. they haven't met the standard physically. And look, a few years ago when I was not at Penn, but I, I went to Penn, my son was going there. I wanted to go watch a game. Right. So I went to the cathedral, Notre, or cathedral Penn game that was hosted at Penn. So it's two years ago when Ronnie Paulus was the quarterback. Okay. Ronnie Paulus was bigger than every one of his offensive linemen. Okay, Ronnie Paulus is a big boy, but he shouldn't be bigger than all of his offensive linemen. And so that kind of tells you where the offensive line has been for Penn over the last couple of years. Now, I think they've gotten better since then. They've gotten a little bit more size, things of that nature. But look, Notre Dame is not an under-recruited team by the Notre Dame coaching staff. Uh, Coach Bayless, his son goes there. Coach Freeman's son plays football. Like, there's a there's plenty of Notre Dame guy. Paulus obviously is there. His son is uh is a linebacker. You know, Ron Paulus' son's a linebacker. So like coaches are there, they're watching the talent. So it's not like they're under-recruited. They're there, they see it. If there were guys to offer, they would do it. Concur. Decaf 18. I saw this as well. Decaf. Uh, Chris Holtman out as a candidate for Notre Dame basketball. And this is something, you know, we brought up Good. last night with Tom Noy, the Ohio State coach, and he has responded to the Dick Weiss tweet that I was that I mentioned with Tom Noy yesterday saying, I'm staying put at Ohio State. Or basically, I think he came out and said, I am not going to Notre Dame was actually the more direct comment. <laughs> right. So which Yeah, and I mean I'm I agree okay with what with. Tom was saying. Like I'm not not that thrilled about him based on what his current resume looks like. Yeah. So I, yeah, it's I wasn't like, overly no. enthusiastic about him being the next Notre Dame coach. Yeah. And people were like banging the drum that he was the guy, like this was happening. And I just didn't see it, which I, I never got. I, yeah. I number one, I didn't see it as a good fit. And number two, I didn't I whoever it was that was saying that he is the guy, I was like, that's not anything I had ever heard. And it just seemed kind of out of left field. Like his name kind of came out of left field and all of a sudden he was the guy. And I, mm-hmm. I just I don't know that that was actually ever true. 
Yeah. I don't think it was. Yeah. That doesn't mean conversations didn't take place, but I don't think it ever sure. was. Feeling out period and all of that. Yeah. David wants to know any rumblings on whether Notre Dame dumps Under Armour and goes with another brand. Hashtag losing sleep. I have heard zero about that, which leads me to believe it's not a top priority right now as to what they're worried about. Uh, they need to find a head basketball coach, number one. I, when when does that contract come up? And it, it's usually in July. I think it's a couple more years. Yeah. yeah. So that's not really a thing. I don't think that it's around really the time of the TV contract. Well, I mean, like okay. the TV contract and that, I think, are around the same time. They Which might be a year in between I them. Want to say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm sure we'll hear more about it as it gets closer. I mean, they're not going to make a deal two years in advance. I mean, I don't see that being the case and you know, they're, they're bigger fish to fry at the moment that they're, they're with Under Armour. That's who they've got. That's who they are. And I, you know, will believe me, it'll heat up eventually. And I'm sure that there will be somewhat of a bidding war. I'm sure we all have different dogs in the fight and who, you know, we would want to get that contract. We'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, there are really only two options outside of Agreed. Under Armour to me. It's like, do you go back to Adidas? Do you go to Nike? Like that, that's the, you know, I, you know, are they going to go to New Balance? <laughs> you know, again, right. I like New Balance baseball shoes, but sure. New Balance for basketball and football and uniforms, like I think it's Boston College has now, not that thrilled about, would not be thrilled about that at all and i don't you know it's like you might as well be shopping at kmart you know for for what you're doing you know to to uh clothe and put on the feet of uh of your athletic teams and so i think it's got to be one of those two but what that looks like at this point i don't know right you know that's they're gonna have to negotiate that and there has been no word on that and you know everyone's see like it's like yeah, Puma. I don't see Notre Dame wearing Puma. <laughs> I just <laughs> look, and I think see, at the end of the Chi day, Town is trying to go off the, you know, off and and you know find us another option. I, you know, I just I, I don't see Puma coming around. And everyone's going to have their, you know, a lot of people are going to have their opinions about Nike. But I can guarantee you this: Notre Dame will not care. It's going to come down to dollars and cents. Is what it's going to come. I down. I honestly think it comes down to two. I think it's going to come down to Nike or Under Armour. They're either going to stick with Under Armour or they go to Nike. If they go to Nike, I cannot even express to you how much I do not want them to go to the Jordan brand. If you're going to go to Nike, just stick with Nike flat out. Don't right. go Jordan brand. Ugh. Kids love them, though. Kids I know, them. but they're not making decisions based on that. I mean, and no matter what anybody says, they're not. Kids are not like, well, I'm not going to Notre Dame because they don't have Jordan brand. Like that's, that's not a thing. That's right. just not. So it's more about, it's more about everybody else who wants to buy the gear. But I can tell you this, I don't know how much, you know, like research Notre Dame did when they negotiated this deal with Under Armour in terms of, you know, like having Under Armour bring in basketball shoes and football shoes and baseball shoes and whatever other sport and actually doing functional tests of those sure. shoes. But I've said this before, the players hate the shoes and it's not because of the way they look. It's because they hurt their feet and they yeah. do not like playing in them. Yeah. So like if, if Notre Dame sticks with Under Armour 
it will be at the sake of what what the student athletes actually like in terms of what's functional, what is good for them to play in. I'm not even again, I'm not even talking about what looks good and you know what logo is on the the jersey or whatever else. They don't like playing in those shoes. That's fair. And they need to, they need to take into account what the kids want. I mean, that's the kids that are already here, by the way. I'm not <laughs> talking about recruits. I'm talking about the functionality of the of the shoes. Big baller brand. Are those still around? Like are they still making those? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they are. <laughs> oh man, I haven't heard those brought up in a while, actually. Yeah, there's a reason. Yes. All right. So we did that one. Uh, you want to do a Bears? No, here, here, Jeff Brown question. I like this. What do you think chances are that Botello ends up being the impact player that some are predicting he will? Will Snead and Kali see significant playing time this season if they gain more trust? Well, that's one of the things that we talked about a couple of days ago about the things that you know we need to see in spring. I need to see what the linebacker rotation is is going to look like to a degree. I mean, it's spring. We're not going to get all the answers. But are those younger guys going to get a legitimate opportunity to start? Because every starting linebacker that was here last year is back this year. Yep. So how do you play that as a coach? You just open it up, and, and they wouldn't have—they wouldn't have told him to come back, right? If they didn't have intention on playing him to whatever extent. Exactly. So what does that look like? You know, are they even going to get a legit opportunity to get on the field? talking about Snead and Collie? Yeah, I think they should. I just don't know, though. I don't know enough about Al Golden and how he operates. I think he went the safe route last year, and he had the guys in there that he could trust, and, you know, that he knew were going to be in the right spot and all of that. On the trust tree. We'll we'll see what happens with these younger guys because these guys all have another year under their belts. You know, they're not going to – they're not considered rookies anymore. So are they going to get more trust from the coaching I, staff? We're, we're going to see. He likes smart guys. He commented on how yep. smart these guys were from the day he walked in the door. And along yep. with that, how much he could put on these smart guys. I think he likes, sure. you know, we've talked about, you know, scheme versus, you know, just, you know, playing and, and all that different stuff. And, you know, like, personally, I think that he puts, especially the linebackers, he puts too much on them. Yep. But I guess the bigger question is going to be, with a year under their belt, year in the system, you're playing in it, and now coming into spring, will these veterans, will their play elevate because they have a better knowledge base and they just know where they're going to be and it allows them to play faster? That that to me is going to be because like I could I could see like you know, Collie and Sneed, can I see them getting more playing time? Sure, but it's going to depend on, you know, some specifics, you know, like like it it's more to me, it's more about Leofau and Kaiser than it is Bertrand. I think Bertrand is completely safe with where he is yeah. at Mike. It's going to be about what happens at those other two positions and whether one of these other two guys is able to unseat them. Sure. I agree. I think the, the most solidified person would be Bertrand. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, and then as far as Batello is concerned, you know, yeah, does, he have the, does he have the ability to be that breakout guy? Absolutely. The problem is we just haven't seen him enough to really – know if that's going to be the case I, I like what i've seen so far i mean the kid the kid's a dynamic athlete there's no doubt about it i my concern has always been not just can you trust him on the field but can you trust him off the field 
Now, I haven't personally heard of any issues over the past year plus, which that's a great sign. But we'll see. I mean, that's that's the biggest issue for me is he's got to get it together, um, you know, on the field and off the field. Maybe he has. And if he has, then he absolutely has the ability to become that guy. Mm-hmm. We're not Marshall. Assuming special teams takes a dip this year, offense improves significantly and defense is a push. Will Notre Dame have a better than nine and four record? Absolutely. No question. Because if the Dolphins going by what this says, right? We're just going off of what this says. Defense is a push. The defense was what? Top 16 mm-hmm. team in the in the in division one last year. Okay. Check. Uh Special teams takes a little bit of a dip. Okay. But offense improves significantly. That means you're scoring way more points. Right. Yeah, they're going to be better than nine and four. Absolutely. Because they didn't win the Marshall game because they couldn't score. Right. They didn't win the Ohio State game because they couldn't score. They didn't win the Stanford game because they couldn't score. I mean, Yes, absolutely. They will be better than nine and four. No doubt about that. Well, and I mean, just look at it. Nine and four is 13 games, which means a bowl game is factored in there. So if they're in a sure. bowl game with a, they'd, they'd be nine and three during the regular season. Or I guess, I guess that they could going to theoretically be eight bowl. and four. Like, yeah, like they're going to be they're, they're If they're in a lower tier bowl again, I give them like an 80% chance of winning, you know, just just starting yeah. with right that and just all those other things that you talked about special teams is a little bit worse you know now that's you know the question the the the, the t- special teams takes a dip is what he said you know so how sure. far is sure. that dip are they fumbling kickoffs are right. they not recovering on site you know like it's a big where difference. is the dip i think yeah. i think that I think that there's still going to be a fundamentally sound special teams I agree. Unit. they might you know they might not block 20 kicks this year, but I think there's still going to be a pretty good special teams groupings all the way around, you know, and we've talked about the fact that the kicking, you know, you expect the kicking to be better under Biagi based on his kicking background and and the track record he has with kickers. And he was a kicker. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) That's what I said. His kicking background. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. um, Yeah. I, I feel much better than a nine and four record. Again, yes. I, it it should come down to three games this season. All that said, the bigger question, you know, other than just special teams is a little bit worse, offense significantly better, defense is a push, is are they just going to have a game where they lay an egg against the yeah. team they shouldn't lay an egg against? Right. That's right. still the biggest question to me. Absolutely. But I, I think the biggest is the biggest disappointment from last year was the offense not being able to score. Because they didn't have a trigger man that could push the ball down the field and make plays when he needed to. And that is not going to be the case this year. So yeah. if it's nine and four, man, I'm going to be on suicide watch from a fan standpoint. Like that is not acceptable. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Revolver 6238, do you see Notre Dame accepting undergrad transfers in the future? Not in the near future. Not with the way things, not with the way they do things. They're just not going to because certain, they don't want to bring anybody in who is going to be behind in their graduation path. And if they get to be sophomores at another school and they come in to Notre Dame, they're going to have a difficult time staying on track. The only chance I think it's going to work is you're going to have to take, you know, just like Brandon Joseph came from Northwestern. It's going to be right. from a similar academic school, whether yep. it's Stanford, Vanderbilt, TC. Even that was a stretch, right? Right. I mean, but my point is, my point is guys who are going to those schools are going to have a more similar academic focus compared to what's going on at Notre Dame. Whereas sure. of like, you're going to a Kansas state or, you know, just wherever it happens to be. Sure. It's the reason it doesn't happen is because like, you know, like Notre Dame is very vigorous. There's a reason these kids get on campus in summer before they even, you know, as freshmen and they're going to summer school before the fall semester even starts of their freshman year. Cause they put them on this three-year track. And to me, that's a, probably the biggest part of why it is so hard for them to take these, you know, other guy, you know, and again, I know it comes down to the individual schools, you know, with the, you know, like the school of business and, you know, engineer, whatever it happens to be, it's up to the individual deans yeah. of those schools and whether or not they're going to accept them. I think you have a much better chance if you're coming from one of those other places, like a standard or Stanford or a Vanderbilt or wherever it happens to be. And if you're not at one of those places, because of the way Notre Dame pushes the academics again, before they even officially get in, for their fall semester, everyone else is just off track right off the bat because yeah. of where Notre Dame wants you to be to, to be on course to graduate in three years. The only way I see Notre Dame accepting undergraduate transfers, if I'm being honest, is if it's after their freshman year. Because when you're a freshman, you're taking a lot of the same level courses mm -hmm. that you take at other schools. Prereqs, right? yeah. You're not you're not taking uh, major specific classes until you get to be a sophomore, usually. Right. Depending on how many things you did in the summer and blah, 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 blah. So could they take a freshman, maybe even a, a transfer after the first semester? So like a spring transfer of a freshman? Yes, I could see that happening. Absolutely. But once they get to be sophomores and juniors, I just don't. And again, I'll say this. That's the way it's going to be at Notre Dame. The, the louder you complain about it, the more it's going to fall on deaf ears. And you need to find somebody else to root for if that's all you're looking for. Because that's not who Notre Dame is, and that's not who they're going to be. So I, I don't know what to tell the people that get upset that they're not going to take sophomore and junior level transfers. It's just never yeah. going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> that's just where we are. Whether we agree with it or not, it's not going to happen. And to complain about it, you're just wasting your oxygen. Right. And then, you know, we were talking about it. Tom and I were talking about it last night. And, like, you look at – at the women's team, for example, they've had some undergrad transfers who have come in here over the past few years, like Kylie Watson right now. She's a junior. She still has, you know, two years of eligibility left. So she wasn't even a grad transfer. But my argument, just like what we're talking about, it's like these guys, whether they're football players or men's basketball players, they come in the door to college and they are, you know, from the minute they get there, their goal whether it's 
completely realistic or not, their goal is to get paid to play. Yes. Football guys want to play in the NFL, and the basketball guys obviously want to play in the NBA. The academics, you know, for a vast majority of these guys, especially state school guys, no offense, you know, I went to a state school, so it's not an insult. I'm just saying it takes a back seat, and I think that the women are – tend to have their academics more in line. And that's why it's probably a little bit easier for a women's basketball player to come in. Mm-hmm. Sure. Because absolutely. it's just it's different. Just different. Come in the door. Yes, <laughs> it is. All right. Let me see. A couple of women's basketball questions on that subject. Chi-Town, how far do you see the Irish finishing and can you make an argument Notre Dame can beat South Carolina at home because I'm having a hard time convincing myself and uh, D-Rock wants to know Notre Dame women's basketball sweet 16 with or without Olivia Miles it ends there versus two seed Maryland do you want me to take this first yeah you go ahead I mean I I would have had a hard time this team versus South Carolina like at full strength I would give this team a, a, at least a chance to compete with South Carolina, but they are just so good. They've won 50 straight games coming into this tournament. They're so good. Like I said, I like the path that this regional gives them to have a chance to get to the elite eight, which is where they would face South Carolina to get to the final four. I like that path in this region, but the problem is you just run into the monster in South Carolina when you get to the late eight. And then the other question was about Maryland. I mean, they played Maryland. It came right down to the wire the first time a buzzer beater shot that Maryland hit to win by two points. And Maryland's been playing really well lately, but like, I, I like, I would like Notre Dame's chances in that game, which would give them a chance then, you know, to get out of the sweet 16, go to the elite eight and play that South Carolina game. I just, South Carolina is tough, man. It's yeah. they're they're just so good. Yeah, absolutely. And and you know, they earned it. Don't get me wrong, they earned it, but they're playing basically on their home floor. So I yeah. mean, that's that's tough too. Because you're gonna be it's gonna be you're gonna be playing against the home team. You know what I mean? So exactly. It's not the be all end all, but it certainly doesn't help. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? 
Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.